Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that whenever Reformation happens in the history of the church, things get messy. And after this past synod, things are really starting to get messy in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We're dropping episodes every single Sunday evening. We also want to say thank you to everyone who sponsored us on Patreon. We're slowly making our way to our modest goal of 20 sponsors at $5 a month. So if you appreciate what we're doing and want to help us continue to put out content, head on over to patreon.com slash themessyreformation. You can also support us for free by sharing our content. I'm a terrible self-marketer and everyone knows that now, so I need your help. If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this content, let them know about the Messy Reformation. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode where I share some initial thoughts coming back from Synod 2023. I suppose you have to be careful when you name a podcast, The Messy Reformation, because you're going to be constantly reminded that things and reformation is messy. And boy, was Synod 2023 messy. We thought last year was messy, this year even messier. My wife reminded me of that on my drive home from Grand Rapids. I had been explaining to her some of the things that went on and trying to process what was going on in my head and a whole bunch of trying to process a bunch of my committee material being tabled and pushed off till next year. And her response was, so you're telling me that Reformation is messy. It's a good reminder for all of us because I think we all have this tendency to think that Reformation is going to be easy. I don't know what that is. Even myself, One of the hosts of the Messy Reformation, I have this tendency to forget how messy Reformation is. My own impatience causes that, to think that things are going to happen quickly and on my timeline, but they never do. And as I processed some of that and talked with my wife and fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord as I drove home, from Grand Rapids, I slowly moved from a place that was very discouraged at Synod to a place that was actually really encouraged about what we did accomplish at Synod 2023 and encouraged about the future of the Christian Reformed Church. I want to encourage everybody to spend some time over the next week or, or month even reading and meditating on the book of Second Corinthians. I referenced 2 Corinthians when I did my brief intro to our committee work. Even Paul DeVries mentioned 2 Corinthians at the end where it says to rejoice. But there's a lot more to 2 Corinthians that we need to be reminded of because I think we need to remember that 2 Corinthians isn't actually the second letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. It's most likely the fourth letter. The church in Corinth was a mess. 
and Paul didn't fix it in, in one or two letters or even three letters or one visit or two visits. It was a mess for a long time, and it was painful. And so I encourage us to, to read 2 Corinthians, kind of put ourselves in that position to, to feel what Paul was feeling and to hear the words that he was speaking when it comes to being involved in a reformation of a messy, messy church. A couple passages that jumped out at me as I was reading through that recently. First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians 1, 8 through 11. We don't want you to be aware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we've set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. How about later in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7-11, through 11, he says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be maintained in our mortal flesh. One of the things that jumps out to me in both of those passages is a reminder of what I had spoken leading up to Synod, to remind each one of ourselves that we are not a big deal. And that if Reformation is going to happen in the Christian Reformed Church, the Reformation is going to happen because God did it. And I think this reminder from this past Synod is a reminder that if Reformation is going to happen, it's going to be God. It's not going to happen because we're powerful. It's not going to happen because we're smart. It's going to happen because God did it. And all of the mess of this last synod is another reminder for all of us that God's the one who brings reformation. I also want to read a passage from John Calvin. As he reflected on his time at Geneva, this is is after he got expelled from Geneva the first time and he's considering going back to Geneva a second time. Listen to what's going on in his mind as he considers going back into Geneva. He said, while I sustained the charge in that church, along with my excellent and most most faithful friend and colleague, Pharrell, I tried every method by which it could be preserved. And although it was a very troublesome province to me, yet the thought of deserting it never entered into my thoughts. For I considered myself placed in that station by God, like a sentinel at his post from which it would be impiety on my part were I to stir a single foot. Yet I'm aware that it would be scarcely credible were I to relate to you even a very small part of those annoyances, or rather miseries, which we had for a whole year to endure. 
This I can truly testify, that not a day passed away in which I did not ten times over long for death. But as for leaving the church to remove elsewhere, such a thought never once came into my mind. When matters, therefore, had come to the worst, when we saw that the safety of the church stood very much in our not being cast out of the government of it, we strove hard for the retaining of our ministry, not less than if the contest had been a matter of life or death. What I want all of us to remember from Calvin, from Paul, God has placed us in a position to reform this church. And we must be careful not to allow our minds to wander, to think it would be so easy to leave and so easy to head off somewhere else. It would be so easy to look at all of the frustration, all of the political maneuvering, all of the whatever going on at Synod 2023 and think, I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to walk away. And yet Calvin said, When I thought about going back to the church in Geneva, I wish I would have died 10 times over, but I'm going to go if God calls me because that's where he's calling me to go. And I will stay in that church even if I want to die 10 times over because that's where God's calling me to stay. Paul said the same thing. It's a reminder again, it's not up to us but to God to reform the church. And that means it's not an excuse to leave. That means that's a call to stay and trust God to use us. I know many people were frustrated and overwhelmed and angry and and disappointed by how sin had ended. And trust me, I was too. It was my committee's work that got tabled. But God has placed us here to do a work. We must see ourselves, as Calvin did, as sentinels placed in this church to bring about reformation. And that means we stay, even when it hurts, even when we're disappointed, even when we're frustrated, even when we get out-politicked, we stay. Because that's what God has called us to do. Because we have faith and trust that God will use us to bring about reformation here. And I want us to remember what all we did accomplish at this past synod. I want us to remember that twice we were given the the vote counts. One of those vote counts was 72% conservative. One of those vote counts was 68% conservative. Very much in line with all of the vote counts that were given last year. And I have to say that I was wrong. For the last four months, I've been saying that the vote counts would be 60% or 66%, and they were higher. It's a reminder to us that even though there are loud and vocal voices that are, that are progressive or liberal or whatever you want to say, the vast majority of the CRCNA is conservative. Synod 2022 wasn't a fluke. Synod 2023 wasn't a fluke. This is our denomination. That was confirmed again when we upheld confessional status and we reconfirmed that with with a solid, solid vote. That was upheld again as we did not sustain Neelan's appeal, which was upheld with a solid, solid vote. We instructed 
Grand Rapids East and all of the classes of the CRC, we tried, we empowered them to begin to bring people into line with our denominational positions. And through that, we not only instructed the classes to do that, but we instructed all of the institutions and agencies of the CRCNA that this is where we stand as a denomination, and everyone is called to walk in alignment with that. That's huge. And people saw it as I talked to various leaders of agencies. They all know that this is where the CRC stands on matters of sexuality, and we're not moving. And it's their job to come into alignment with that or leave. I also think another thing we accomplished, even though we didn't fully accomplish it, is the whole conversation around Gravamen and the majority report on Gravamen. That was about to pass. And everybody knew that that was about to pass. That's why the the, the freak out happened. That's why... Everything kind of got crazy and messy at the end because people saw that that was kind of their last sliver of hope and it was going to pass because that's where our denomination's at. Don't forget that. Another thing that was accomplished at this last synod I think is really important is that I noticed and I felt this an even greater unity at synod amongst fellow brothers and sisters in the CRCNA especially amongst conservatives. One brother that I connected with at Synod this year texted me afterward, and he said, for the first time in 30 years in the CRC, I can say I've found the kinds of brothers I thought I might find in seminary in the 90s. There is unity happening in the CRCNA, and that unity is coming as we, as we gather around our confections and our doctrines, and as we, as we confirm it over and over and over again, there's unity and brotherhood happening in the CRC like it's never happened before, and that is huge. Don't forget, brothers and sisters, that even though we may be disappointed and dismayed about how it all ended, or even frustrated and angry about how synod ended, don't forget all that we've accomplished and the lines that we drew. Don't forget that people stood up and walked out of synod, not because they were winning, but because they knew things were not going their way. And I understand that so many people, so many people wanted to, to kind of get the ball in the end zone to kind of finish this debate, to try to kind of end things at this synod and, and move forward because we're tired and we're worn out and we're exhausted from years of this. And we, we didn't get there. We kind of got stopped on the one-yard line. But don't forget that the ball's on the goal line. And everyone knows it. And so the question I have for all, all the listeners of this podcast, and especially the conservatives of this podcast who are frustrated and, and maybe even wondering or considering walking out and, and going someplace else where it might be easier, the question is, who's going to lead the CRC right now? Who's going to lead it? Because we're watching a failure of leadership in the denomination right now. And who's God calling to lead this reformation and lead this denomination? And what I'm seeing is a whole new generation rising up at Synod, a whole new generation speaking and leading. And I'm asking you conservatives, stay and lead. Who's going to be here to help lead and help put the ball in the end zone?
I heard another good word from someone. It's a word of rebuke to conservatives. And I'm, I'm known for being blunt and I'm blunt towards more progressive and liberal people. And I will be blunt to conservatives as well. Somebody texted me and said, if conservatives leave now, they never wanted to lead anything. That's true, brothers and sisters. If you leave now, you never wanted to lead. Don't leave, but stay and lead your people. Lead your congregation. Lead the congregations in your area. Lead your classes and lead your denomination toward greater reformation. One more final thing. You know, I decided not to get into the weeds of what happened at Synod in this episode. We'll do that eventually. We'll, we'll be interviewing fellow delegates who are at Synod, getting their thoughts, getting their perspective, getting their understanding of how we need to move forward. I didn't want to get into that this time. But I want to end by reminding us of one thing I think is really important. Being reminded that the Lord's the one who will do the work, the Lord's the one who will bring about reformation, is also a reminder for each one of us to look forward to our eternal reward and not our earthly reward. I was reminded of a couple passages of Scripture this morning as I was reflecting on the past week and looking forward. and Reminded of Hebrews 11 where it talks about Moses. So even though he, he had all of the power and the privilege of Egypt, he had all of the riches of Egypt, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than all the riches of Egypt because he was looking forward to his reward, his heavenly reward, his eternal reward. That's a good reminder for each one of us. I feel like we did really good work at Synod 2023. We had really good conversations. We had really good decisions that were made. We led the denomination well, and yet for many, it feels as if we did not get our earthly reward from that. We did not see the earthly outcomes that we wanted to see from that work. And Hebrews reminds us we may never see the earthly outcomes from that work. But there is an eternal reward. There is a heavenly reward and eternal inheritance as being stored up for us for being faithful for the faithful conversations we had, for the faithful work that we did, for the faithful decisions that were made and the faithful decisions that will be made in the future for the CRCNA. That reward is being stored up in heaven for us. And we need to remember that, that we don't work here for the earthly reward of a denomination. We work here so that we can hear one day when we get to heaven, well done good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Don't lose sight of the heavenly reward, brothers. I want to end with another passage from 2 Corinthians reminding us of the same thing. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 
For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Don't forget what was accomplished at Synod. Don't forget God is the one who will bring about this reformation. And don't forget God is the one who will give us our reward in heaven. Because of that, we stay, we work, and we keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation.